0: what's up everyone thank you for coming to another episode of shepherd's cast today is going to be a special episode with my friend lee from reform meditations as we go through some of the misconceptions of calvinism stick with us as we go through a couple of different questions uh, with me trying to get lee to cage out and lose his temper uh, which he does not actually do so just listen up and uh, pay attention maybe some of these uh, misconceptions can be fixed right here hello everyone um so this is going to be a back and forth interview kind of going over some of the misconceptions of calvinism some things you've if you've been on the internet for longer than 10 minutes as well as being reformed you've probably seen these arguments before um and i thought i would take it to you know someone i I assume is a master of sorts because he loves twitter (laughs) reformed meditations uh would you sir like to introduce yourself sure
1: why not i'm lee i'm from reformed meditations uh, i've been i've been podcasting for gosh over 5 years um and uh um i'm i'm much more used to asking people to answer this question than answering it myself <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'm a i'm a churchman uh i'm a reformed baptist and uh, i'm a theology nerd big time uh, so uh, and I, and I love scripture. So, um, so on, on reform meditations, the, the lion share of what we do is just uh, reading and discussing uh, passages of scripture, passage by passage through entire books of the Bible, and um, just trying to meditate on the word of God and, and fill our minds with the truth. Uh, and, the, and kind of the goal of the podcast was to sort of recover that idea of Christian meditation, because it seems like the East has sort of Reclaimed that word, and instead of emptying our minds and and being passive, uh, as Eastern meditation is, um, Christian meditation is about filling our minds and and actually being active, um, learning and uh, deepening our understanding of God and and of His Word.
0: That's the goal. Awesome. So I I kind of built on that with uh with my podcast. You know you know how you like to go through entire books. Uh, I like to pretend that. All of my podcasts together are one fundamental Baptist sermon, and I take a <laughs> bunch of verses out of context and then explain them. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Steven Anderson is so proud of you.
0: <laughs> have you stood up
1: on your desk and yelled into your microphone yet?
0: Not, not yet. I'm. I've got to get my uh, mic a little bit taller before I can do anything like that. <laughs> so, um, one day gonna...
1: that, that's aspirations right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hashtag goals. I'm going to take my mic off of here on video and do it standing <laughs> so I can do a whole drop and everything be great all Harry Potter's bad mic drop <laughs> <laughs> hey, <Mike. laughs> all right so um we're going to dive into these questions but I've got a disclaimer to read at the beginning in like fashion my podcast is mostly read, so I'm going to read this <laughs> sloppily These questions are meant to be as vague as they typically are when they are proposed against Calvinists or those who follow a Reformed theology. The usual reason they send us into a rant or rave is due to the fact that no one will listen to the response after posing the argument. This, however, I hope will assist with that. I'm going to pose these questions, leave the floor open for you to argue against them. I may even interact with some, and I might not. It really just depends on if something strikes me as something I've heard before. Um, most of these uh, i found on facebook or something of the sort they've been hit that i've been hit with them before so without further pause uh we're gonna go with question one let's start with the infamous one that is often the first to come from the mouths of those who hate calvinism how dare you say god doesn't extend the same grace to everyone haven't you read john 3 16
1: yes i have and uh... a <laughs> I've read the rest of the Bible too. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the the big thing with John three sixteen is that um, you know it 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 does sound so beautiful, especially in the King James version. But um, it it's not a bad translation. I think it's not a helpful translation. So um, I don't I don't know the biblical languages myself, so I have to get those resources from people who know better. And there's some really good. Um, discussion on the fact that um, the Greek in the situation, in this one verse uh, especially, doesn't really say whosoever and make it the, the, the debate ending tactic that, it, that it's become. Um, it's really, uh, it really says, instead of whosoever would believe, it's actually all the believing. So all those who are believing uh, to to break it out further into English and make it more English friendly. So um, so all the believing that that is a group of people. That's a defined group of people. That's not uh, some some nebulous group of people who took it upon themselves to to join in uh, as as God sits back and, and passively waits for them to uh, to love Him. So. that sort of number one flies in the face of the whosoever crowd when you dig just a little bit deeper into that one verse and then really the context of not only John 3 but even the entire gospel of John uh mitigates against that idea too because very John is probably one of the clearest uh books in the New Testament pointing toward uh what we would call particular redemption or uh um, or irresistible grace, um, in, in systematizing it. So again, context is key in understanding uh, the words and understanding the the initial meaning or the the intended meaning for the original audience. I don't think uh, anybody was playing word games with this verse or, or well, and and, and also remember that like verse, chapter and verse, uh, the, the breakout of chapter and verse is a later edition, right? These, these, uh, these books, uh, the books of the Bible weren't written with chapter and verse in mind. Granted, they're, they're really helpful, but um, it is easy for us to to kind of cut a verse out of its context and make it say something else. Uh, we have to read the verses around it too. So no, it's not whosoever. It's all the believing.
0: If that's true, why do I so vehemently disagree? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Next, number two. You Calvinists often try to make the word all mean something else. Why do you ignore the context of scripture? Give me a clear example when all is supposed to mean not really everyone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, this is an old chestnut, too. I've seen this online quite a bit. Well, all means all all means all well depends on which all you're talking about you know? <laughs> you know we just had one where it was instead of whosoever it was all the believing right so you know you can mean all of particular subgroups all doesn't mean every single person who ever lived so uh, like I like instance, i set
0: myself up for that one
1: <laughs> you know you, you were very purposefully crafting this this episode <laughs> into a logical flow good on you um so i, I was thinking about romans 5:15 when i was considering this question uh so i'll read it but the free gift is not like the trespass for if many died through one man's trespass much more have the grace of god and the free gift by the grace of that one man jesus abounded for many why doesn't it say all because it's not meant for all And even though we have many being used for all, talking about all humanity being dead in one man's trespass, yet the context, again, of of the entire book of Romans uh, clearly would say that not all believe. So all are dead in sin, so so many died through one man's trespass, um, but yet many uh, believe through the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, that that gift abounded for many. Not for every person who is dead in their sins and trespasses, because we're not universalists. There will still be people who are are judged on the last day, uh, who hated Christ their entire life and uh, and and spat on His mercy. Um, those are people for whom uh, the benefit of the death, burial, resurrection, ascension of Christ doesn't apply.
0: Gotcha. So, so if. First John two, two, then he he's a propitiation for all of our sins, right?
1: Yes. All of our sins. <laughs>
0: I see what you've done there.
1: <laughs> and, and that's one, that's one that's used again for that sort of um, sometimes it's called corporate election. Uh, sometimes it's just um, like whosoever will type things where um, and even Lutherans fall into this camp to a certain degree. That that Jesus um, Jesus did die for everyone, but not everyone will believe. Um, I don't. I don't think that that bears out against the entire uh, Word of God. Um, so the Calvinists, we would disagree with our. Even though Lutherans don't consider themselves Reformed, but um, they're sort of the. They're the ones that kicked off the Reformation, and then we went further than them, is, yeah. is what they would say, right? We the fixed fir- it. The, the further reformers, I guess. Um, so, so that – in that further reformation is, is where the, the doctrine of election really gets uh, fleshed out further uh, with, with the rest of the text of Scripture. So people will use that verse as sort of a uh, um, Jesus died for the whole world, um, and only some will believe. Well, uh, you know, the purposes of God don't return void, and I, I think it's inconsistent with the nature of God that if he were to, if he were to, to spend the blood of, of Jesus on the cross, uh, then it, it, all of his works are effective for what they're intended to do, right? Otherwise, creation, even the created order would be all out of whack and very um, uh, dis- disordered, disjointed, um, but, but things work in an order. And I think the same thing can apply to redemption, which is God's work, not our work. And uh, um, so, so every person for whom Christ died will believe and, and will be covered in his blood. And, and so not a drop is wasted, to, to, to use a very loaded phrase, right? Uh, that G- Jesus wasn't dying for people who would deny him, right?
0: There wasn't a chance that it could fail.
1: Right. No maverick molecule.
0: Exactly. Or mackerel. No maverick mackerel. So this one I left intentionally vague because it's always vague whenever I'm hit with it. Um, Building off of question two, as in all doesn't mean all, you're making God out to be a liar. Your theology makes God sin.
1: Yeah, that is a very vague um, accusation, I guess. Um, I've normally gotten this question from people who aren't believers. That's just my experience, honestly. Honestly. Um, I'm sure there probably other people have had a different experience when they've been talking with people online. Um, no, the people I've talked to in person won't go this route, but people online do. Uh, I think that's kind of telling. Um, this is kind of like saying the quiet part out loud. Have you have you heard people use that phrase? No. This is the kind of thing. Oh, really? You, you haven't heard that phrase before? So so like a, a politician will be just super frank and upfront about, uh, about an issue that Normally gets couched in uh, politically correct terms, and so people will say, "Oh, well, he he or she said the quiet part out loud." <laughs> well, well, I think I think people when you're talking with them in person about uh, matters of religion and, and they want to make this argument, but they'll say it in in a less inflammatory way. So so here with you know, kind of with the the unreachability and anonymity of online debate, you can kind of say the quiet part out loud and, and really get. Yeah, it, it doesn't really help your discussion <laughs> at all. Uh, but uh, no, we don't make God out to be a liar. Um, again, you know, it would go against God's nature to lie. It would go against God's nature to be uh, a sinner, right? <laughs> because he's, he's righteous and, and all righteousness comes from him. Uh, he's the only source of righteousness. So there's no way that God can be a liar. Or, or a sinner, but you can you can twist the scripture to, to paint it that way. If you use if you misuse scripture to try to change God's nature uh, or change His intentions, um, you essentially uh, draw a picture of a different God by doing that. Um, and really, God God isn't like us, right? Um, I think it's Isaiah that says. Uh, um, I'm going to paraphrase, but, you know, Yahweh is not a man like us. You know, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So to try to comprehend him and make him act the way that you would expect your neighbor to act is not right. You know, God's above that. Um, So things that, you know, fairness uh, would be like, some people will say that aspects of, of, especially of election, aren't fair, that, that doesn't apply to God because he's not stained with sin the way we are and uh, and, and can uh, disproportionately affect people in, in, in ways that they wouldn't uh, affect other people with uh, in, in be, being unfair uh, or, or, or treating people unequally. Right? He's, he's
0: above that. That kind of fits with my next question. Um, so I had a number four there but i'm gonna sub it out for a different number four here it's it's kind of a surprise yeah i know um so have you seen the meme where you've got adam and eve standing under an apple tree and uh you've got uh god standing behind the tree he's got a serpent puppet on his hand and on the other side you've got uh him holding the puppet the puppet stuff so uh
1: yeah like god is operating the talking serpent in the garden
0: Yes, refute that one. Yeah, it's preposterous. Um,
1: you know, so people misunderstand the sovereignty of God, you know, because in, I don't think this was one of your questions, but it's, it, it dovetails with something I've also seen people say online that God is so sovereign that he left Uh, he left people up to their free will because he loved them so much only a sovereign god would let people have free will instead of determining their every decision well we're not hard determinists that way um we believe god is sovereign over all things including evil but that doesn't make him the author of evil um because he's going to destroy evil someday (laughs) you know yeah His, his good the good creations that he creates he redeems he doesn't destroy Um, he's going to destroy evil so so he's not the author of evil or the creator of evil um what he is is the um uh he's sovereign over evil he he so so satan and job is a great example of this satan couldn't do anything to job that he wanted to do without god's permission to do it and so fortunately for us in in inspired scripture we actually kind of get to pull back the veil on uh uh, into the spiritual realm and, and look at an actual interaction where Satan basically asks permission from God to, to do what he does to, to Job. And, and that's true in all aspects, not just in that one story. Um, Satan is a lackey in, in his, um, his sinful, um, his sinful, uh, ideas, his, his own agenda, um, not only will come to an end, um, but it actually serves the purposes of God. And I know that's, that's hard. And a lot of people struggle with, with what's generally called the the problem of evil about how evil continues in the world. Um, and with God being sovereign over it, does that make him complicit in it? No, no, it doesn't because his justice is going to be meted out against Against evil, but it's playing out in human history now, uh, for the purposes of God and and actually for the good of His people. Um, if
0: God good, why bad thing happened? If God,
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, you can even see in the in the history of the church, like so much evil had has been perpetrated against Christians uh, from the first century onward, uh, even up through the twentieth century, which is one of the the worst centuries of, of Christian persecution uh, in world history, and yet what, what's it done? All of that evil has actually spread the gospel further across the world, um, and, and the church, instead of being defeated, has actually been strengthened by all that opposition. So, um, so that, just like Joseph says at the end of Genesis, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. That's exactly the answer to the problem of evil, evil persists because God actually accomplishes his good pleasure through evil existing and being opposed by the power of God.
0: Gotcha. So unfortunately, I knocked out four, five, and seven that time. Um, (laughs) So we're just, sorry, no, four, six, and seven. So question five, (laughs) obviously we are elect, but it's based on God's foreknowledge of what we would choose. God looked down the corridors of time to see us choose him. Explain that away. (laughs)
1: Yes, the the classic, the corridor of time. Yeah. Well, the the issue is that uh, in Ephesians 2, it says that salvation is the gift of God uh, and not of our works so that no one can boast. So you have something to boast about if God... From his throne room is looking through human history, seeing your righteous act of choosing him, and then retroactively to our to our finite mind retroactively choosing you uh, after seeing you do that act. That would give you something to boast about. So, so that that's a very clear contradiction of what Paul is saying in Ephesians two. Um, no, instead, it, foreknowledge is actually about. Um, it, it, let me. Go about it this way. Foreknowledge is not about foreknowing what you will do. It's about God knowing you before you were you, <laughs> before you were born. God knew who you were. Um, God knows each and every person that He's that He's created um, and, and sent uh, or and and uh, caused to be born. Um, just like uh, Paul says in Romans, uh, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. Uh, and before either of them had, had had been born and done anything, good or bad, morally, um, that intention for each of them was was already set.
0: Right, based so, upon that middle knowledge. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> God had the cards laid out on the table in front of him from whoever dealt him the cards, and he picked, picked the best of all possible worlds, too. <laughs> Get on out of here with your Molinism.
0: I need to apologize for that one. That was awful. <laughs>
1: that, that is such a silly worldview to, to pretend to make Christian. Um, it, it, it's so blatantly unchristian in, in several aspects uh, to try to appropriate that into um, Christian life and Christian theology is, is simple. It's, it's, sim- it's mind boggling to me. Um, it really is you can thank the papacy for that one too
0: (laughs) well they brought a meal i'll give them one point (laughs) out of all of it just one
1: chew the meat and spit out the bones right yeah
0: (laughs) yes um so uh next question why would god make the fall happen if it meant he had to sacrifice his own son that doesn't even make sense
1: say it again why would god make the fall happen because
0: if it it meant he had to sacrifice his own son
1: if it meant he had to sacrifice his own
0: son because you got the what the proto evangelion or yes yeah from genesis 3 yes
1: yeah neon neon genesis evangel wait hold on (laughs) that's an anime never mind uh (laughs) yes the proto evangelion in uh in genesis 3 um why would god do that oh yeah he made the
0: fall happen so
1: he made the fall happen well god isn't despite what let's see what phil johnson phil johnson edit that out uh (laughs) despite what bill johnson would say or trying to think of who else does the little gods theology um bethel does yeah furtick does um, several of the prosperity heresy people do um, God wasn't out to make little gods right so he he didn't make people he didn't he didn't make adam and Eve to be sinless right he 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 put them in the garden and they truly had free will like they they had just as much of an ability to choose to be righteous and follow God as they did to disobey god and and be sinful and they fell and <laughs> we're sinful and in in here we all are um but that was again going back to that problem of evil it's actually a good thing that 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 happened right because we get the the compelling truth of uh god truly living with his people uh, th- that that metaphor uh is played out all through the old Testament with the presence of the tabernacle in the temple, um, where those would be in the middle of the community and people would, the community would be built around that very thing. Uh, and then Jesus comes and literally does live with his people. So even, uh, John one says that he, he tabernacled among us. Um, so it could not be any clearer that the tabernacle was pointing to Jesus. Uh, and then even now, God truly lives in the midst of his people because he literally lives in them, the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit. So um, all, all of this uh, revelation is very purposeful. Um, God, Yahweh had a plan, right? There, there's a whole covenant of redemption undertaken between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit before there was anything. A plan to redeem a people for Christ's own possession and that he would have a nation, he would have a church, uh, and and that would be his bought by his blood. Um, so, so God is not a man like us because we are risk averse, you know, and and we're willing to not do a thing because it can hurt us. Well, God can't be hurt. (laughs) So again, God is not like us. Uh, instead he, uh, he made a plan, and set forth a propitiation by by the blood of the second person of the holy trinity uh, and it, it's been for for our benefit into his glory that seems like a good reason to me
0: i i guess so whatever <laughs> 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 i'm supposed i'm supposed to be some 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 jerkwad who doesn't understand Calvin yeah
1: you're not what? playing your part very well
0: no um <laughs>
1: And I'm not angry enough.
0: Sorry, (laughs) that's accurate. Um, let's see. Uh, if if you're eternally secure, I guess that just means you can keep sinning, right? Calvinism makes antinomianism.
1: I hate that that has a piece of truth in it. (laughs) (laughs) There are, well, there are some people who will call themselves Calvinists but are antinomian, um, and they're inconsistent in doing that because. Calvinists historically have been people who have um, have have heavily taught on repentance and belief, uh, and sanctification, uh, the mortification of sin, all these things, uh, hating our sin, drawing closer to Christ, being more and more conformed to the image of the Son. Uh, these are all these are all very important things to Calvinism. Um, but there are there are people in the boy, I'm going to get hate mail for this (laughs) in the, uh, uh, in the anti-credal anti-confessional. Um, I want to say, you know, it goes by biblicist, but it, it doesn't even arrive at that, at that, um, at that level, people who the young restless reform crowd, right. That, that, like 2009, the the neo-Calvinist movement is a great example of this sort of antinomian deal. Um, Mark Driscoll, um, totally Vigian, right? Those are two great examples of people who were what we would call like hyper grace, where they emphasize the grace of God over and against uh, the life of, of holiness that, that we're called to having been saved by grace. Not that we're earning God's grace or continuing to earn his grace and try to measure up, but it's a, it's a, it's a matter of, uh, living a holy life as we're called to in the rest of scripture. Um, there's, there's all sorts of, of things that we're called to uh, in, our, in our Christian life that we're to obey. Uh, we're to obey Jesus' commandments. Um, so uh, we're not against the law, which is what antinomian means. We're also not neonomian, meaning that we're creating a new law to follow. We're following the law of Christ, and that's clearly laid out in Scripture. So Calvinists should not be antinomian. Um, Calvinists should not be neonomian. Um, Calvinists should be Christians, <laughs> and as should Arminians, too. Uh, um, if we want to, if we want to bifurcate the the Protestant movement into those two camps, we really should all be striving for the holiness without which we will not see the Lord. Um, we are saved by grace through faith, and and uh, we will persevere. But our perseverance is something that we're we're also able to see in our Christian life too. Um, there should be fruits again guess, fruits not roots
0: yeah you'll know them by their fruits so when yeah. when calvinists keep on sinning and they're like no they're not really Calvinists. no no they're
1: not they're uh, they're not taking the the word of god seriously they're taking parts of the word of god seriously and by being partial they're actually not taking the word seriously altogether okay it, it, it yeah yeah I'll, I'll i'll leave it i'll leave it at that or else i'm gonna i'm gonna
0: cause fireworks <laughs> So um, this is one place
1: where Paul Washer is very helpful.
0: Oh, Paul Washer is great. It's too bad that you hate the guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't hate the guy. I don't hate the guy. I just, I I am, I'm, I've been better helped by other teachers. I'll just say that.
0: (laughs) So how can you say God's grace is irresistible when it's literally talked about as being resisted?
1: Oh, no, you got me.
0: Isaiah 65 2. got you gotcha silly Calvinist
1: Calvinism's over it's been a good run you guys done shut the lights off on your way out let me turn to it here Isaiah 65 2 actually I'll just start at the beginning of 65 I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me I said here I am here I am to a nation that was not called by my name I spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices. The people who provoke me to my face constantly, sacrificing in gardens and making offerings on bricks, who sit in tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat pig's flesh and broth of tainted meat is in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me for I am too holy for you. Does that sound like the New Testament community to you?
0: No, yes.
1: uh, <laughs> uh, the Hebrew roots community, maybe, but uh, <laughs> um, no, so what I'm getting at is um, this is not, this. Is, we're not talking about um, irresistible grace in the salvific sense. Uh, this is judgment on the nation of Israel that's being discussed here, which is a different thing. Um, I know some some people think differently about that, but, um, you know, the, the nation of Israel was chastised time and time again, uh, throughout the Old Testament, sometimes sent into exile, sometimes just events would happen to chasten them uh, and to call on the name of the Lord again. There's all these sins here against the ceremonial law, right? Eating pigs, um, bringing tainted offerings uh, um, and sacrificing them uh, in the temple. Uh, these are all things that are signs of, of um, the nation of Israel hating God in disobeying willfully disobeying him um, to blatantly eat a pig uh, to bring the broth of tainted meat uh, and and offer that as an offering in the temple or in the tabernacle was uh, a, a big and obvious no-no um so so th- this is a different kind of grace we're talking about here this this is uh this is
0: um effervescent or whatever they call it co- yeah
1: covenant of works types st- effervescent grace yeah whatever i love effervescence in my uh sparkling water Uh, that's my favorite effervescence um so this is like where jesus talks about uh um the pharisees being stiff-necked people yes this is that kind of a thing um they were willfully breaking the covenant of works we're talking about the covenant of grace gosh we're baptists Oh yeah, that's, I a, forgot about that. There's a category difference there. It, it, it yeah, not an administrative difference. There's a, there's an actual category difference between those covenants.
0: Arguably, I'm Deepwater Presbyterian, but that's <laughs> that's fine. You um, love making up your
1: own categories. Postmodern.
0: <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, I am my own person. Yeah, you it, you it, Southern it. Rebs. <laughs> It looks like we're running out of time, though. So we'll just uh, when
1: you're having fun with me, I guess.
0: Yes, we will. uh, We'll we'll wrap it up. And if you want, you can send me something separately, giving me a five minute spiel about what Calvinism is. Just five minutes. Got to got to be capped. Only five minutes. Only only five minutes. (laughs) And uh, I will Calvinism
1: is biblical Christianity. I didn't say (laughs) it. Spurgeon did. There you go. Five seconds.
0: Five seconds. That's right. I think I read that quote somewhere, and uh, in, in a book where I was trying to read and prove Calvinism wrong. I'm pretty sure that quote was in there.
1: It happens. It happens to all of us.
0: It was. It was before before we lose uh, the time here. Where where can everyone find you at?
1: Oh, you can find Reform Meditations on Twitter at Ref Meditations. Um, I love that dumpster fire of a site, and I will never leave it. Um, there's also a page on Facebook. You can just search Reformed Meditations. It will be there. There is a picture of Jerusalem as the, uh, the banner photos. So you can't miss it. Um, let's see what else, uh, you can find the podcast on all of your favorite podcast directories, uh, Apple podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google podcasts, all that stuff to search form Meditations. You will find it. It's got 1689 in the uh, album art because you got to rep. You got to rep the Confesh. 1689.
0: <laughs> That's that. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. And uh, if anyone has any more hateful things to say about Calvinism, I'll just direct them to uh, to Reform Meditations.
1: Bring it on over. We'll sage it up.
0: I want to thank you for taking the time to come and check us out. Here at Shepherds Cast. Um, the final word of the day comes to us from pastor and teacher R.C. Sproul. As he explains to us what a uh, what a four-point Calvinist is. Now I hear people tell me all the time they're four-point Calvinists. And I say, well, we, we call those Arminians. <laughs> and that's all we have today. Um, thanks for coming out. And may the light of the holy God shine upon you. Amen. from the truth
1: sustains us.
0: His righteousness avails us. Wage war with faith in Jesus who keeps us from falling over.